now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Week 16 edition. I am Alex Shane here. Heading into the holiday week with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich Hill, happy Festivus. Oh, happy Festivus to you. Happy holiday stretch here. We're heading into the final few days of 2022, which is absurd to say. Because I feel like uh, not only did the, just the year 2022 feel like it just started. Uh, also, I feels like this football season just started. And we are in the final three-week stretch of the year. Alec, it's been a uh, an up and down ride. Uh, I feel like for me personally, coming out of that Raiders game uh, and feeling that there's uh, not a lot of hope for this uh, this addition of the New England Patriots. The only thing that I can think of, the thing that I am most thankful for of my Patriots fandom this holiday season uh, is thankfully they're not the New York Jets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, this is a Friday podcast, just some holiday scheduling. So Thursday games are already behind us, nineteen to three, and the only points the Jets got on the board was a strip sack fumble. Zach Wilson got benched again, even with their third string quarterback in. They didn't put any points up. There was a Joe Flacco chance, and it's funny because at least I guess with the Patriots, on we're on the flip side of it, where the Patriots, we weren't quite sure what they were going to bring to the table. And the Jets thought they were going to be good for a little while, and they just stink, and they're always going to stink. And it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, totally. And, you know, uh, I love that it was the Jaguars that really put the the cap on it because I think the Jaguars are a very exciting team. They are sitting at 7-8. and eight. They have an outside shot of making the playoffs. Uh, and it's like it's not a preposterous one to make because – uh, they don't necessarily have to overtake like the Chargers or the Dolphins at the bottom bottom two spots for the wild card. They're a half game back of the Titans, uh, who are sitting at seven and seven or at the the top of the division, and uh, that's nothing over the last three weeks, especially because uh, you know they play each other in the season finale, and the Titans have a game against the Cowboys in Week 17, and the Cowboys are fighting for their playoff position, and Titans on a four game skid. There's a very real chance that this Jacksonville Jaguars team, first year under under Doug Peterson, could make the postseason. Uh, and honestly, in my mind, seeing how Trevor Lawrence has developed in the second year makes me very wistful for what <laughs> could have been with Mac Jones this year. Yeah, what could have been with Mac Jones this year? Uh, well, again, I, I really don't mean I, – I think last week's game against the Raiders, he had a pretty bad game against the Raiders – he was inaccurate and he made some bad decisions, but I don't think Mac Jones has actually been like the master. Like we, again, we, we can, we can just, I wish I was a better editor. Cause I feel like you and I could just take a break for the season and just kind of play <laughs> podcast clips. So cut and paste things in. What do you think of this Rich Hill? He wasn't good. What do you think of this now? Like, Oh, he needs to work on it. But it really isn't Mac Jones. It's just, this team just doesn't have it together. It's kind of a lost season. It's offensive disaster. There's just no chemistry, no communication, blah, blah, blah. Same thing, same thing. And there's a Bengals team coming into town who uh, is pretty damn good. Yep. Rich Hill um, took out the Buccaneers, which, again, I guess isn't as as big of a deal as it would have been coming into the season. But they have a, a, a good quarterback. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. I'm not sure how much Bengals football you've watched this season, Rich, but um, this is a team that uh, I am not overly confident the Patriots can take out. Yeah, uh, not a chance. You know, the 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 Bengals started their season two and three. People were a little concerned uh, about what that could mean for them. 
since then, they've gone eight and one. <laughs> they are a very good team. They're a lone loss, but it's a divisional loss in Cleveland to the Browns, where we all know divisional games can be a little wonky. They've picked up very nice wins uh, against the Titans to start their slid. Uh, slide they beat the Chiefs like they've had some pretty good wins there uh, including that Bucks game where they came back from a pretty big deficit Joe Burrow looking like an MVP candidate really asserting himself as one of the three best quarterbacks in the AFC if not the league alongside Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen uh, they, they have all the pieces there uh, Joe Mixon one of the best running backs in the league uh, T Higgins Jamar Chase Tyler Boyd provide like one of the best trios that you're going to have Hayden Hurst is figuring out how to contribute at the tight end spot. They have a, uh, their offensive line is not like elite by any means, but it's better than it was last year. They have a solid defense. Like again, not like a world beating defense, but it's an average defense that complements their top five offense extraordinarily well. Uh, they're well coached. They compete well. Uh, they are uh, what the Patriots have historically been. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of faith that the Patriots are going to be able to come in, uh, and knock off the Bengals, uh, especially, uh, you know, even while hosting them, I, I just don't think that the Patriots have what it takes. Yeah. I mean, let's start with the only chance the Pats have to make a game of this, which would be limiting that offense with their good defense. Cause that has been how they've won games, limiting the offense. And then the Patriots obviously making just enough plays to put up like 17 or 20 points, very solid offense, good receiving core. Good running backs. Where's their weakness and how do you how do the Patriots exploit it? Yeah, totally. I mean, they are a very balanced offense. And then like the Patriots defense has been pretty good uh in recent weeks, despite uh being a little bit shorthanded without Jalen Mills. Like they, they've played uh two really good offensive, like skilled teams uh with the Cardinals. You know, they have DeAndre Hopkins, Robbie Anderson, Marquise Brown, Trey McBride. They have like a whole host of players with the Cardinals and like the same thing with the Raiders, you know, they have Devonte Adams, Darren Waller, uh, you know, Hunter Renfro is just returning from injury. Uh, so is, so is Waller, but like Josh Jacobs, they've played two really good teams that are of a similar uh, offensive mold in the sense that they have five players that can go out there and beat you. Patriots have been having to do that without Jalen Mills. They will be without Jalen Mills again. He will be definitely missed because this is a very, very, uh, you know, this is a great offense with the Bengals. And the way that I would probably match up against them, uh, knowing that uh, they should all be relatively available. Uh, they were fully practicing. T. Higgins was dealing with a hamstring injury, but he's going to be there. When you think of it, you're going to have uh, Jamar Chase out there. He's the true number one. Uh you're likely, in my head, going to put uh, Jonathan Jones in coverage on him. He, he's a big, deep threat receiver, uh, but he can do it all. That's the challenge when facing him is that he can do literally anything that you want. Uh, he can beat you deep. He can beat you shallow. He's going to get 15 targets for the game no matter what. He's just tremendous out there. Uh, he's 6'1", 200, prototypical size. If the Patriots have Jack Jones out there, maybe. I mean, I, I'm just thinking of if you don't have Jalen Mills, your your trio, you're going to have the three Joneses out there. And that's probably going to be your best bet uh, is to put Jack Jones in coverage of Chase. Uh, or actually, you know what? I'm, I'm rethinking this. I'll probably put Jonathan Jones in coverage of Chase with some safety help over the top. Uh, and then put Jack Jones in coverage of T. Higgins, playing a lot of cover two to try and slow down that, that offense and prevent the big passes. Uh, and then you have Marcus Jones in the slot against Tyler Boyd. 
playing a lot of like, you know, delayed coverages here. Uh, you know, the, the Bill Belichick special of waiting until after the mic shuts off to really show what you're doing. So they can't have that communication. Although Joe Burrow has shown no signs of struggle uh, at deciphering defenses, but that just adds a little bit of confusion. The real thing that the Patriots need to do is win up front. And that's yeah. where, why my X factor is going to be Matthew Judon. Uh, had a little bit of a quieter game against the Raiders. I know in part it was to allow Josh H. Uche to do more of his thing. But this defense goes to the next level when Judon's being a, a nightmare in that front. And if there is any weakness on this Bengals offense, it's that their offensive line is merely okay. And uh, to get to Joe Burrow, to fluster him, to make sure that he doesn't have time to find the open receiver because these receivers will get open. Uh, it, to, in order to do that, the Patriots need to get after Joe Burrow. That's why Judon, Uche, Dietrich Wise, they need to do their things on the edge. Christian Barmore has to put some pressure up the middle. Guy needs to have a, you know, a premier game from him that he has historically done. Uh, Bentley, some pressure up the middle. They have the talent on the defensive front of the Patriots. They just need to pull it together, and Judon's always the head of that. Matthew Judon, lone pro bowler for the Patriots 2022. Congrats to him. Uh, we can talk about some snubs at the end if you want, but congrats to Judon. Definitely well-deserved. Well-deserved there. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, yeah, I mean, your, your, your coverage scheme is exactly what I had down. Uh, I think Marcus Jones could have an interesting day as a slot corner. They had him alone on Devante uh, last week, which is pretty remarkable considering the size and talent disadvantage. And he held his own, I think, honestly. I mean, the defense really actually did a pretty good job against the Raiders the only held into that one touchdown drive. I'm not going to count that block punt where it's really short field. And, you know, the defense just couldn't, uh, the offense, excuse me, just couldn't couldn't get it done. Uh, can the Patriots duplicate that with the Bengals? I don't know. I'll be very curious to see what kind of bounce back game this is for the Patriots. You know, given the debacle that ended it, sometimes it's a rallying cry and teams are able to rally around that and, and really dominate the next week. Uh, and if that is happened, I think they're going to have to give up, not give up, excuse me, any kind of big plays, which is why I'm going to have Devin McCourty as my X factor. I mean, Jamar mm. Chase is going to get his, but if they can keep everything in front of them and not have a, a beat over the top, McCourty's definitely lost a step this year. I'd be amazed if this wasn't his last three games as a football player, period. Uh, so maybe you can go out on a high note, get one more pick, be the single uh, alone atop of the interceptions list and maybe kind of force Joe Burrow into a throw and pick him off late or something along those lines. Hopefully McCourty is able to keep things in front of him and uh, recapture some of the old magic we've known him for for the past 10 years plus. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I would love to see that happen. That safety position will be so important because of how the Bengals use their both their tight ends, but also their, their running backs as receivers. Like Joe Mixon has over 60 targets on the gate on the season. Uh, Perrine has 46 of his own, like combined the running backs would be uh, number two on the team in targets. So like, they find their their running backs often. And so getting like the Adrian Phillips, uh, McCourty, Duggar, like trio, uh, having a good game from them will do a big part in limiting this Bengals offense. I don't think that any team can really hold them back, but like saying that, they've been pretty inconsistent. Like talking about the Bengals, like they had 34 points against the Bucks, which is great. But they had like, you know, 23 against the Browns, 27 against the Chiefs, 20 against the Titans, uh, they're not like high scoring. They've, they've, you know, put up 37 against the Steelers, 42 against the Panthers, but then 13 against the Browns. Like they, some weeks that they go, you know, fireworks, some weeks that they're pretty okay. And a lot of that has to do with the turnovers. A lot of that has to do with, can the Patriots force them to turn the ball over? McCourty is a great pick for that. Um, but that said, Alec, 
if the Bengals hit 20 points, what is your thought that the Patriots offense would be able to match that? 20 points? I mean, I guess here's here, – they, they scored 24 last week. Um, you know, I guess we're going to maybe put some positive spin on, on what we saw. They came back from a two-score deficit, which they hadn't done since 2019. Uh, they couldn't hold it out, but they did do that. And they I scored say Duggar, Duggar did 17 of them, so, or that, seven that, of that them. Is, so. I, guess, I guess that is – there is the defense doing that. Again, it, it's really crazy how the leading r- scorer for the Patriots offense is Ramondre Stevenson with six. And he's tied the defense special teams for touchdowns on the year. It's pretty remarkable where the Patriots are getting their points from. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the Patriots can put up 24 points again against the Rams. Unless they get like another pick six, you know, or a punt return for touchdown. That's always in the cards. That's the plus. That's the good thing about this. Is that, like, there's always that kind of the Patriots are able to score points with special teams play, with defensive play. And I just want to see them. Uh, uh, I'm at a loss for words, Rich Hill. <laughs> like maybe like three drives. I can, I feel like every every game they put together one one good drive, and you're like, this offense is good. They, they, when they when they're <laughs> they can do it, head, they can do it. They're capable. And then I think last week they had like two decent drives. Um, just one of them ended in on an embarrassing two touchdowns on four plays and two timeouts and a false start penalty. But that was a good drive up until that. And then there was their touchdown drive. Um, I think that. The Patriots are going to have to run the ball with Armando Stevenson a lot. They're going to have to – I'd love to see them get Jacoby Myers really involved just to kind of get him over the the hump of whatever happened last week. They, they're all rallied around him. They all showed their confidence in him. They did everything they're supposed to do and said what they're supposed to say. Maybe get him involved more just for kind of future production. I know his contract's coming up, so I'm very curious how that goes out in the offseason, but I want to get Jacoby Myers involved. But he's got to run the ball a lot. High percentage passes, no more screens or limit the screens. Maybe I don't know if Devontae Parker. I think Devontae Parker's out again. Is that right? Uh, yep, Parker's out. Yeah, and so maybe try and get Tyquan Thornton involved more. Maybe Nelson Aguilar will catch a pass. Uh, I don't know, Rich. I got nothing, <laughs> and I'm tired. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I look at this defense of the Bengals. I'm like, they're not. They're not great. No, like, they they're fine. They're your very typical. I know that like it's a whole different house of, of defense, but like a lot of the 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 faces are uh, you you've seen them before. Uh, the the defensive coordinator uh, uh, Lou uh, and Arumo, like Patriots have played him a lot. He was with the Dolphins from 2012 to to 2017. Uh, he he's done. He's been with the Bengals for four years. Like. You coach under you know Philman and Sherbert uh, like Patriots know what they're getting. It's going to be one of those very solid defenses. They're not going to allow big plays. They're going to you know make you have to earn it. Uh, like it's a it's a typical Bengals uh, defense with how they they make you have to extend drives. But I have no I don't know if the Patriots can do that. Like that's the the biggest challenge is that like Matt Patricia is calling an offense to like intentionally lead 10 plus play drives to reach the end zone, which is fine if that's like what happens within the offense, but that's not how those types of offenses succeed, right? Like the Patriots have historically had a lot of success leading 10 plus play drives uh, to score, but it's not because they settled into those types of plays to just take that and like 
go off the snap saying we're going to take the least amount of yardage and just like <laughs> have a 10 plus play drive here. It worked because they challenged and stressed to the defense and said, we're going to drop plays where we could score in three point in three uh, plays. So you have to defend as such. And then we're going to find James white for a check down and get seven, eight yards here. And we're just going to move the chains, move the chains, move the chains. It's they didn't go out being like our first read is going to be James white. <laughs> that was, that's the biggest problem with the Patriots is that like, and this is what you heard from the the Cardinals. And this, this is what the Patriots have been doing is that they've been going out saying our first read is with the explicit purpose of us leading a 10 play drive. And if we mess one of these up, then we're going to be in second and long and we're going to have to punt because we're not drawing plays that puts us in a favorable position. And uh, the way that you beat this Bengals defense is by doing it. What the Patriots have historically done is by stressing them and forcing them to defend the deep passes, because there's a chance you might actually do it and then settling for a check down to Stevenson or settling, settling for uh, you know, your second or third read with Jacoby Myers. Like it's not by intentionally starting off that way. Um, but I, I just don't see the Patriots doing that. I see the Patriots falling into uh, a little bit of an early hole here. Uh, and uh, unlike with the Raiders, with them clawing back only to be defeated in heartbreaking fashion, uh, I just I feel like this Patriots team, and honestly, if I were a lot of the players, I would say I'm preserving my body for next year because there's not a chance that I'm going to waste it and like risk injury uh, for this current coaching staff. That's a really interesting point that I hadn't maybe you, you you vocalized in a way that really made a lot of sense in that like basically every play the Patriots call has to work. And if one play doesn't work, it's like the house of cards just falls over immediately. It's like a Jenga game that they're playing and they don't, they're not able to adjust when first and 10 becomes second and 12. Uh, yep. they, they, they still don't know how to do anything all of a sudden, which happens to every team. Not every single play works all the time and they don't know how to kind of compensate and adjust and and, and call plays the line and, 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 rejigger things and um yeah that's that that's wild and it's it's just sad because you go from well, again I, even last year where they were just I think Mac Jones was, was good at calling the offense I think he had he had a better grasp of it I think he was more kind of confident back there and to to his defense I, I kind of get it it's like what am I doing um and he's vocally he's vocal about his frustrations you're seeing it I'll be very curious to see kind of how things shake out in the coming weeks, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping the, the the only thing I'll 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 kind of say, and we'll we'll get into predictions in a minute. Um, I'll do my offensive X factor. I'm not going to make it anything fancy. I, I you know, I'm, I'm going Jacoby Myers again. Like I talked about it, it's just a it's just a bounce back game for him. I want to see him kind of maybe get a couple of touches and a good play and a, and a score and kind of get his his confidence back. So I'm sure he's still he's still reeling from that that mistake that he made, um, but. In a, in, a, in a in a loss, even if they can just hang tough, if they can hang in there, this would be a great example of one of those games where even if your team's not going to win, it's like, hey, okay, this is a great measuring stick. One of the better teams in the AFC, can they hang with yep. the Bengals? Um, that'd be great to see. They haven't really hung with anybody this season. I think even the games they've won, they've been like, what's win in spite of how badly we play? It'd be a great <laughs> chance for them to just like, I'd love to leave a loss being like oh good they look good the packers game back in week four yeah (laughs) back in week four the the first experience of like the uh the bailey zappy experience i think was like the last time that i felt good coming out of like any of like uh yeah any of them um but yeah no i mean i i agree with myers is a a solid x factor in my head i'm gonna go with anyone other than myers and stevenson like literally anyone 
<laughs> that's been the biggest challenge this year is that literally no one outside of Stevenson and Myers have been reliable. Like if you look at like Parker and Henry and Aguilar, like they probably have a, a solid third of the year, their yardage from a single game over the course of the year. And like the rest of it's like, here's uh, four targets for, for one or two catches and 23 yards. And that's like the rest of it. And like, it's not entirely their fault because obviously I think the play calling is terrible. Um, but someone has to do something like someone has to just be like, all right, get out of here, Patricia. Like we're going to do like something to get Kendrick Bourne some yards after the catch, even though he's like still only getting 11 snaps and they're putting Tyquan Thornton out there to do literally nothing. Like they're, they're putting Aguilar and, and Thornton out there to get, you know, a hundred percent of the snaps for some reason. There are two least efficient receivers. They're putting them out there in front of their two most efficient receivers with Parker being injured too. Like they're, none of what they're doing makes any sense. It's incoherent. Uh, but the, even so, the Patriots need literally anyone on offense other than Stevenson and Myers to make consistent plays. Like literally <laughs> anyone. That is my X factor. Uh, it's just literally we someone. Finally, we, we, the, the, the Patriots have finally broken Rich Hill. It's oh happened. my god! Week sixteen of the twenty twenty two season. My offensive X factor is just anybody, <laughs> literally anyone. You know, what? Oh. I can't even knock it. I can't even knock it because you still might be wrong in that. That's <laughs> I'll still be disappointed. Is, yeah, your X factor is literally anyone, and you might still come back in our Tuesday podcast being like, "Well, my X factor didn't do anything this week. <laughs> my X factor didn't yeah. show up." <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Christmas time, Rachel. Let's, let's 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 end on a positive note. Matt Judon, Pro Bowl. Congratulations to him. Uh, I was very surprised Marcus Jones didn't make it as a as a punt returner. Yep. I know Braxton Berrios got the nod, but Jones has like a better punt return average. He has a touchdown return. Uh, he's got better he's kind better. of yard depth because he's better all around. Uh, I think that was more of a reputation snub for me. Uh, anybody else you think that got snubbed that deserved to make it? Uh, Michael Onwenu is someone who comes to mind. Like Patriots right guard. He's had a very, very strong year. He's been the only point in consistency for a terrible offensive line uh, that he's dealt with rotations all around him. You know, Andrews missed a big chunk of the season. Patriots are down to their like fourth string right tackle. Uh, that they've been, you know, just dealing with so many challenges around him, and he has continued to be elite. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the biggest snob, and then Duggar is the other yeah. one that comes to mind. I, I think that in the coming years, people will start to recognize more and more how good he is. I think perception-wise around the league, he's probably still second fiddle to Devin McCourty. But I think once McCourty retires, everyone will realize that Duggar is the guy. Uh, and, and I think maybe he needs a, a few more flashy plays to get it. Um, you know, only two interceptions on the year where it's like, he's not really always in a position to get those, but in order to make the pro bowl, you need to have a little bit more of a flashier stat line than he does uh, to have your initial breakthrough. And then after that, you can go off of reputation. The fact that he truly is one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, I think those are two good snobs. I think Ramondre Stevenson, I'm, I'm, I think he might've should have gotten like more of like a, maybe he should have been like recognized as a snub. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, don't think, I don't think he quite had a pro bowl season. It's a very tough to make as a, as a running back. It's a deep bowl. position in the AFC yeah. too. That's like very, a hard very one. deep. Yeah, um, but I think he's he's on a Pro Bowl trajectory, which is awesome. Which again gives, and these guys are all coming back next year. Not Judon Duggar, 
Met Marcus Jones, Reminder Stevenson, there's a young team. Good things for next year. Unfortunately, Rich Hill, as you pointed out in the beginning of our podcast, it is still 2022. So next year is still quite a ways away. And we have a Bengals game to predict. Uh, we both had the Patriots winning this game on the last Oof. game uh, against the Raiders. <laughs> Egg, meat, face. We are both wrong on that one. However, I think you picked first last time with the Raiders game. So you stay with the hammer. Pat's Bengals, what do you got? All right. Um, I mean, obviously, I think that I'm going with the Bengals on this one. Uh, I think if that the Patriots might score late to make it feel a little bit closer than it actually is. I don't think that the Bengals are going to go like haywire on the Patriots, but I, I think that the Patriots will will lose this one. Someone score of like 23 to 13 with the Patriots getting a late score to make it feel a little bit closer. 23-13 Patriots. All right. Just for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. <laughs> uh, what happens every season, there's always scenarios where a bad team beats a good team late that needs it for a playoff berth. Like this is where we're at. There's a team that needs like a win and somebody else to lose to secure a playoff berth. I don't know what the Bengals clinching scenarios are for this week because I'm kind of blocking out playoff clinching scenarios. But we could be that that upset, Rich Hill. That's possible. The Patriots haven't really beaten a good team this year in an upset the way they beat the Ravens in 2020 or the upsets they had. So, so I'm going to go with the Patriots, upsetting the Bengals. No one saw it coming. Again, maybe they used that debacle against Oakland or Las Vegas, excuse me, to rally and get good and do some cool things. And they win this one, something like the score of like 27 to 20. I'm going to take it. What the hell? Oh, all right. Well, I would love to see that happen. Um, Alec, we will see. We will see. We will break this down next week after the holiday stretch. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week 16 of the NFL season? All I want for Christmas is a game I don't want to look away from. (laughs) And I hope that is not too much to ask for, Alec. I hope you get your wish. Uh, (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. Uh, Until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later. Later.